Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We continue through the book of Acts, chapter 15, starting at verse 22. Regroup and continue. Sometimes church workers and leaders change, but the work of the church still goes on. God adds, he subtracts, and he moves members around. But we press on in serving Jesus and his church. Sometimes Christ must remind us that he is the head of the church. He's in charge and he is in control. I have worked with missionaries in foreign countries, and even in mission work like we're going to read today in the book of Acts, they're doing missions, they're starting churches in foreign countries, churches in so many cities, and churches among the Gentiles. And even in missionary work, there is conflict. And the biggest reason why missionaries leave their mission field is because of the other missionaries. Isn't that crazy? Uh, Sometimes pastors quit, resign, leave the ministry. And many pastors will leave their church because of less than five people in their church. They could have over a hundred people that love and adore them, but there can be five or less people that stab them and hurt them and attack them and put them down and and the pastors will get discouraged and pack up and leave. Well, we're going to see conflict today in the Holy Scriptures with some of our great uh, disciples that even too they are human and they have conflict. Receive God's encouraging letter. If you remember, the church has been, uh, they've gone to headquarters, the Jerusalem Council, and they have penned a letter to the Gentile churches to encourage them, to help them, and to not be taken away from Jesus, that we are saved by grace alone, Christ alone, faith alone. And it's not through good works. It's not religion. It is relationship, verse 22. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders. This is the Jerusalem council, right, who has penned this letter with the whole church to choose men from among them to send to Antioch. Antioch has become our missionary headquarters, especially to the Gentiles. It is a powerful church with powerful missionaries with Paul and Barnabas, Judas called Barsabas, and Silas, leading men among the brethren. So the head church, the Jerusalem Council, has chosen two powerful, a dynamic duo to send with the letter, to teach them to and preach, to encourage the church uh, with their struggles of what has come up. Verse 23. And they sent this letter by them. Here is the letter that they wrote. The apostles and the brethren who are elders, in other words, the Jerusalem council, to the brethren in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, who 
are from the Gentiles' greetings. We write to the newly formed Gentile churches. We write to this important key church in Antioch. We greet you, 24, since we have heard that some of our number to whom we gave no instruction have disturbed you with their words, upsetting your soul. Well, what has happened was there were Pharisees from Judaism who got saved. They became Christians and they joined the church. But they had baggage from their past and from their past religion of Judaism. And they were telling the churches, Jesus is not enough. You must be circumcised. You must keep the law. You must perform the rituals of the Jewish faith and religion. And they were getting Christians confused and disturbed, and they were like a cult, if you will, telling, you got to do these good works in order to be saved. And so the leadership wants to fill the void and the vacuum by writing this letter and saying, no, it's Jesus only. It's grace only. Jesus has done the work on the cross. You cannot add to his work. You are not saved through good works. So they're bringing calm and peace because the church is in confusion. 25. It seemed good to us, having become of one mind, they're unified, to select men to send to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Our powerful missionaries have now uh, been added to two more speakers. Uh, 26 men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to send two powerful representatives, men who are willing to put it all on the line, willing to risk life and limb. Therefore, we have sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will also report the same things by word of mouth. So we give them this letter, and also they will be our personal representatives. They will preach and teach Jesus and not works. And they will also teach you about holiness. Verse 28, For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials. We are in agreement with the Holy Spirit. Hopefully, church leadership is united with the Holy Spirit. Hopefully, Jesus is the head of the church, and we're following him and his gracious spirit, the spirit of Christ. Uh, it's a dangerous thing when our plans are different than God's plans. And we need to unite with the Holy Spirit and say, what are you doing, Holy Spirit? What do you want us to say? Where do you want us to go? So the church leadership is in unity with the Holy Spirit. And here are the essentials, not for salvation, but to live a godly, holy life. Verse 29, that you abstain from things sacrificed to idols idolatry. Do you remember the Ten Commandments? You shall have no other gods before me. The church needs to rid itself of other gods and have nothing to do with them 
and their sacrifices. I believe behind many of these gods and idols and statues are demons that give them powers that infiltrate these pagan deities. And we are not to attach ourselves to idols or their demons or their sacrifices or anything to do with these uh, pagan religions and cults. And from blood and from things strangled. God does want you to have a healthy life. The Old Testament law does have dietary laws, laws about resting and taking care of your body. And in American thinking, uh, you know, having a Judeo-Christian frame of reference, we understand uh, a butcher and how he goes and he butchers the animal and he, he drains it of the blood. And we cook the meat, right? We don't eat it raw. And so for us, this is very common sense to not be eating blood and, and meat with blood in it. You know, it, blood carries diseases. It can kill you. And so we're very conscious of eating, you know, with common sense. And from fornication. Fornication uh, is when two people have sex outside of marriage. It is sleeping around. And the Bible is saying, be holy, not just in your eating, but in your sexuality and in every part of your life. Put God first. If you keep yourselves free from such things, you will do well. Farewell. You see, the law does give us freedom. It keeps us from being addicted and becoming enslaved. You will discover certain habits and sins and vices. They bind you, they pull you in, and you cannot break free. But for the grace of God, the cross, the blood of Jesus, breaks every chain and sets us free. And he's giving the church holiness so that they will not be slaves to sin. You see this, to set you free. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Sometimes man and religions will put burdens on you and pressures on you, but Jesus has come to set us free. And actually, Christianity is very freeing. It's not rules and legalism and judgment and condemnation. It's being set free through the cross, through the name of Jesus, and receiving God's grace and mercy. They are going to deliver the letter. They're going to read it. They're going to preach it. And it is a letter of encouragement. And I believe God has collected letters for you. I believe the Bible, the book of books, contains all of God's letters. The 66 books, over 40 authors, spanning millenniums, thousands of years. It is God's holy book, divinely overseen by the Holy Spirit, who breathed it, inspired it, and dictated it. Sometimes God wrote with his very finger into the tablets of stone, the Ten Commandments. The Bible is divine. It tells the futures, the prophecies. It is God who is its author. It can be trusted, and it is letters from God to us.
And there are letters of encouragement. And you can feel down and discouraged and discover that there's special books of the Bible that will encourage you and lift you up, such as the, the Psalms, you know. And I can identify with King David and the whole world's against me and I'm up and I'm down and God, I need your presence and shelter me under the shadow of your wings. Letters of encouragement. Keep delivering the gospel. God's work must go on. Verse 30. So when they were sent away, they went down to Antioch, and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. When they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. The church is waiting for a response. Is Christianity a religion of legalism and rules and the hundreds of Old Testament laws? Or is Christianity a religion of freedom and peace and grace? It's time to dance and celebrate because we're under grace and we're not under law. I've had friends that have joined uh, Messianic congregations, and they've told me, oh, you know, it's fun, the history of the Jewish people and the laws and the celebrations and the rituals. And I said, you know, it's kind of fun at first, but then you're going to try to follow all those hundreds of rules and laws. It's a burden. It's binding. It's overwhelming. And you will discover that in Christianity, there are some churches trying to live under the law, trying to keep all the rules, the rituals, the Jewish holidays. And after a while, it is a burden that no one can bear. Verse 32, Judas and Silas, also being prophets themselves, encouraged and strengthened the brethren with a lengthy message. They not only send the letter, but they send two powerful preachers, teachers, that were giving encouragement, hope, grace, mercy. 33. After they had spent time there, they were sent away from the brethren in peace to those who had sent them out. 34. But it seemed good to Silas to remain there, but Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch, teaching and preaching with many others also the word of the Lord. We need to hear the Bible. I believe when you come to church, we should always crack open a Bible. I think the pastor, the preacher, the teacher should be giving the word of God. I feel if you go to a Bible study or a church service and you never open a Bible... Maybe you heard good jokes, good stories, you felt good, but you didn't hear God's voice. Unless we read from the scriptures, God is not speaking. So the Bible is essential to the church. You know, I stand upon the word of God. They are faithful messengers. Do you see our missionaries? They're always giving the word of God a scripture verse, a message. What does Jesus say? Faithful to deliver. I think of the famous Pony Express riders. 
Do you know they have a statue fountain at Legends at the outdoor mall there in Sparks of the Pony Express rider. He's on his horse. He's got his satchel with the mail. The mail must be delivered. The messages, the words, the letters. It is the motto of the postman, right? Neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night stays these couriers from their swift completion of their appointed rounds. The mail must be delivered, yes? I think of the famous circuit preachers, circuit-riding preachers. You know, in cowboy days, the old preachers would have three or four or five churches in these little tiny western towns. And they'd get on their horse and they go from church to church and do multiple services, doing their circuit. And they were faithful. They'd go through the snow. They'd go through the hot desert because the people were waiting for the preacher to arrive and deliver God's mail. Yes, a word from the Lord. Breakups cause new unions. It's sad that Christians would fight and break and churches would split and ministries would close and people not get along. But it happens, verse 36. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. You see, Paul's idea is let's do follow-up. We've started all these new churches. We've planted new groups. And now we got to do the circuit, do the circle, go back and visit all of them. Are they being faithful? Are they still having services? Are they still praying and reading the word? Are they teaching? Are they converting people, bringing people to Jesus? Let's, let's follow up and let's revisit them. Verse 37. Barnabas wanted to take John, called Mark, along with him also. But Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along, who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Well, I want John Mark to come. John Mark? That little weasel? He's too young. He's immature. He's not a strong Christian. He was crying for home. He abandoned us. He wanted to go back. I'm sick of him. He's never joining our ministry again. No, never. Well, I think we should give him grace and forgiveness. And he's older and he's stronger. And I think he'll be a good missionary. No, I refuse. I'll never accept John Mark. 39, and there occurred such a sharp disagreement that they separated from one another. And Barnabas took Mark, or John Mark, with him and sailed away to Cyprus. John Mark is the mark of the gospel, the gospel of Mark. Some people think he was one of the apostles. No, he's different. This is John Mark here. He's like this baby Christian that's maturing and he's growing and he's a missionary. 
And John Mark later is going to be a faithful missionary and he's going to link up with Peter. And Peter's going to tell John Mark all the stories of Jesus and his powerful ministry. And John Mark is going to write the gospel of Mark. See, some people were ready to throw him out and give up on him and kick him out. We'd lose the gospel of Mark, you know. God gives second chances. Maybe you gave up, you quit, you, you hightailed it out. But then you get back up and you're like, you know what, God, I'm going to follow your calling. I'm going to come back to church. I'm going to be your missionary again. I'm going to be your witness. Yeah, I failed you. I abandoned you. But I've come back. We got to accept them back. We have to forgive. Verse 40, but Paul chose Silas and left, being committed to the brethren and to the grace of the Lord. So our partnership breaks up. They split and they gain new partners. So instead of one team, now we have two. A split is a horrible thing. When a church splits, when a ministry fails, when missionaries give up, when a pastor leaves the ministry, when Christians fall away from the Lord, and I say, get back up, regroup, reunite. God's work must continue. God will give you the grace, the forgiveness. I've been there. I remember one pastor, I was an associate pastor, and we got a new senior pastor, and he just pushed me right out of the church. And I just was, oh my gosh, hurt and pain and loss. And it was my family. And I dare not tell the church what had happened. It would have split the church. So I told the church, it's God is sending me on. And I'm going to Calvary Chapel Bible College. No, no, why are you really leaving us? Because God is sending me to Bible college. And it's weird how God can use something so tragic and redeem it and to make it into something better. And going to Bible college was like going to heaven, up in the mountains and learning and growing. And it was a dream come true. And then when I graduated from Bible college, I went back into the ministry stronger and equipped and educated and trained. And God used that. So even though something bad can happen, God has the power to turn it into good. That breakup, that divorce, that firing, when you got thrown out of the house, that move, they all moved away. Something tragic, horrible happened. And you have the pain and the loss and the grief. I understand. God can heal that. Sometimes it takes years. I've been there. You know, Viewing the body, closing the casket, burying loved ones. Been there, done that, you know. But over time, God can heal. He can restore. You know, that breakup at that church, the split. God can heal. He can do miracles. And he has a plan and a purpose. And we do not follow the church. We do not follow men. We follow Jesus. Wherever he leads, I'll go. I had to learn that lesson a few times. 41. 
And he was traveling through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches, continuing the ministry. Sometimes, you know, our spiritual army gets blown up and we regroup. You still alive? Come on. We're reforming the group. (laughs) We're going back into battle. Oh, I don't know if I should mention the movie. It did have foul language. It was Fury with Brad Pitt. It was a bloody, gruesome World War II movie where he was the captain of a tank. And they'd get blown up and beat up, and their tank would, you know, was blown to smithereens, and they're like, come on, we're going to fight the Nazis. We're going to blow away that SS troop that's coming in. Yeah, there's 200 and some of them and, you know, six of us, but we're going to knock them out. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno, at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567, and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.